Hello and welcome to Life in Their Sandals. This is a podcast where we dive deep into the lives of biblical people to determine how we should live as Christians today. I'm your host, Chris McGrath, and today we have the awesome opportunity to talk about our third episode in the series of The Life of Christ. And this episode is all about the midnight meeting with Jesus and Nicodemus. But before we get to this moment, there's another important narrative that takes place first. Jesus had just finished his miracles in the land of Cana, turning the water into wine at the wedding feast, where then Jesus would leave from Cana to go to Galilee and then to Capernaum. From Capernaum, he would eventually leave to go to Jerusalem for the Passover. If you remember a couple episodes, we talked about how Jesus had gone to the Passover with this family many times before. Something different happened, though, this time when he visited Jerusalem. Jesus, showing up to the feast of the Passover, sees all of the people who had gathered from near and far to come to the city to be able to make a sacrifice for sin. People would make sacrifices of the lambs that they had. And they also, for a sin offering, would make sacrifices of other animals, such as doves, that they would be able to buy at the temple. Jesus saw in this city at the temple a situation that was extremely corrupt. Essentially, there was a taxation for the people who were coming to have their sins pushed back another year to be able to buy an animal and to be able to use the temple to be able to have a sacrifice. Essentially, these people would have to pay a Jewish half shekel or a Jewish coin in order to use the service of the sanctuary. However, because most people were using Roman coins as they were under the jurisdiction of the Roman government, they would have to then have their money changed over from a Roman coin into a Jewish coin, if you will. The money changers were providing this convenience right there at the gate, but they would demand a small sum for the exchange. So many people, thousands and thousands, had to use this method in order to be able to fulfill the laws of Moses. So this became an extremely profitable yet predatory business that resulted, as most of these schemes do, in an unbalanced oppression of people who are poor and have no other recourse. Jesus saw this going on. He saw people showing up to be able to buy animals because they had traveled for so far and they weren't going to bring animals all that way because it's be hard to keep track of something like birds or even cattle and sheep. And so they would then go to buy from the people at the temple, but they would charge exorbitant prices for these things. Jesus sees this miraculous method of pushing back sins, being perverted and misused in order to profit against the people that he loved. And this causes him to be extremely angry. He's filled with righteous indignation. And Jesus goes and sits down and he makes a small scourge of cords. And he takes this whip and he drives all of the people out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen. And he pours out their money down onto the ground. He flips over the tables. He takes the doves that people had and made them free. And he told all the people there, to make his father's house not a house of merchandise. His disciples saw this man who was usually known for such peace 
have such a zeal for the house of God. And they remembered that the scripture said that the Messiah would act this way. Jesus then later on after this moment of cleansing the temple, although the temple wasn't cleansed really, it was just denounced, Jesus finds himself in a midnight meeting. He finds himself in a discussion with a man who was a Pharisee named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus at night and he said to him that, Rabbi, I know that you're a teacher come from God because nobody can do the miracles that you're doing except God be with them. Jesus does something astonishing because he says, verily, verily, I say to you, he emphasizes it by using those words, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was taken aback and asked, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus said to him again, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. By using the word ye, Jesus is making it clear he's not just talking to Nicodemus. This is not just a command for Nicodemus, but it's for everyone. Jesus then further on says that the wind is going to do what it has to do. The wind is going to blow wherever it wants. And we can't tell when it's coming or where it goes, but this is how everyone is that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus, again bewildered by these statements, asked how they can be. And Jesus said to him, aren't you a master of Israel? How do you not know these things? Jesus essentially cut to the heart of the issue with Nicodemus. Nicodemus showed up by night, hoping that no one would see him converse with the man who had just so drastically driven all the money changers out of the temple. And Jesus sees that Nicodemus needs to be born again. Nicodemus needs to reject all the status and wealth and power that he's attained in this life if he's going to accept the kingdom that Jesus is offering. This is an incredible narrative in Scripture. Because Jesus lays out the plan of salvation to Nicodemus. Although it wasn't completely fulfilled at this time because he was speaking of future events of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, Jesus was telling every believer by saying ye what they had to do to be saved. In evidence of this fact, Jesus would go on to say to Nicodemus that I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but I came to the world that through me the world could be saved. Those that believe on me are not condemned. But if you don't believe, then you're condemned already because you cannot have life except you believe in the name of God. Jesus would say, this is the condemnation, that when light came into the world, God himself manifested in flesh, men still chose to love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil, because those that do evil hate light and they don't want to be around the light. But those that love the truth come to the light that their deeds may be manifest, and that they're wrought in God. Jesus makes it clear to Nicodemus, you can love the light, or you can hate the light, but there's rewards and consequences for both of these actions, something Nicodemus would have been familiar with studying. These are two of the most important moments of the life of Jesus early on in his ministry. So what are some of the takeaways that we can gather today? First takeaway, as just a human being that I like to take from this narrative, is that it's okay to be angry sometimes. It's not a sin to be angry, but we know that if we are angry, we're to sin not. 
There's such a thing as righteous anger and righteous action in the face of injustice. Not all confrontation is bad. And as a confrontational person, I'm going to say that again. Not all confrontation is bad. It's wrong for people to lie, to cheat, to uh, exploit and discriminate against anyone, but especially people who don't have any recourse. The scripture says that a just weight and balance are the Lord's, meaning that we're expected to deal honestly with each other, no matter who we are and no matter what we can get away with. And this leads to the next takeaway, which is this. Jesus wants to get to the heart of the issue in our lives. He saw all the song and dance at the temple And he saw it for what it was, which was corruption. But then he also saw Nicodemus coming to him by night and made it clear to Nicodemus, the process that you're going to have to go through to be saved is going to cost you to reject everything that you've acclaimed in this life because you've acclaimed things that are worthless. You're a member of the Pharisees. You're a ruler. But I'm here to overthrow this system of government and to institute a time of faith and a time of mercy. When everyone wanted to talk all about the rules, when everyone wanted to impose harsh rules on all the other people, when they wanted to tax, when they wanted to sell things for exorbitant prices, Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, you're going to have to be born again. You're going to have to undergo an experience of restarting just so that you can enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus could have debated doctrine all night with Nicodemus in the style of the Pharisees and Sadducees, but instead he spoke plainly, as he will to us today. He said, you must be born again. Without it, you're not going to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. The same is true for every person listening to this podcast today. Without being born again, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Without repentance, without baptism in Jesus' name, going all the way under the water as they did in the days of the apostles and are still doing today. And without receiving the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in tongues, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We have to be born again. If we don't have the spirit of Christ, as Paul said in Romans 8, 9, we are none of his. But this is the point today, because sometimes people hear the words that I just said, and they think that it's meant to exclude people. But this is incredible about this narrative is that Jesus made it clear that he came to save the world and not to condemn it. He shared this truth with Nicodemus because he wanted Nicodemus to be included in the kingdom of God. Jesus made it abundantly clear that being born again is not about keeping people out, but it's about the divine providence that allows humanity to have relationship with God. We as unholy people, who inherited a sinful nature, cannot approach a holy God except the blood of Jesus is applied to our life. And it's applied through that three-step process that I spoke about a moment ago. Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, receiving the Holy Ghost, God dwelling inside of you. Jesus then finished his statement by saying this, some are going to accept the light, but some will reject it because they simply wanted darkness more. The same is true for all of us today. We all have the light of God. We all have a witness of who God is. We all know that Jesus wants to be involved in our life, wants to be a part of it. Are we going to accept the light and do what he asks us to do? Or are we going to reject it because we want the darkness more? Powerful words from Jesus that I think should cause all of us today to pause and really examine the decisions we're making. Choose the light of God because it will ultimately be the best decision you could ever make. I hope you tune in next week. 
we will be talking about someone who is very integral to the story of the Bible, and I know that you will enjoy it. Hope to see you next time, but in the meantime, be blessed. Have a great week.